Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pass the Syrup, the estate agency podcast for estate agents with estate agents on it. A special episode, three female guests. First time. And so we were discussing it pre-show. It's going to go one of two ways. We could have a six-hour podcast or a (laughs) six-minute podcast Um, because uh, sweeping statement, um, I can rabbit as anyone that knows this, you know, waffle on. And, um, you know, women have got a bit of, you know, a bit of previous on this subject, but they're also really good at getting to the point. So we're going to try and do an hour, as we always do. Um, fantastic guests. So today, first up, we have Kesha Foss-Smith from John D. Wood, which is amazing to have someone from, uh, I guess, the world of corporate estate agency, because they're really hard to tempt out. Um, Kesha is um, area manager, Southwest London, 11 years in estate agency, Really, really pleased to have you on. Um, I think it's a uh, it's fantastic because it's really easy to get independent agents and self-employed guys. So have you on? I'm, I'm really pleased. So thanks for joining us, Kesha. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm conscious that you want me to talk slower, and I'm not doing that yet. So <laughs> I will work on that. Um, next up, we've got Tanya Cannon of Cannon and Co. in Whistlesea, which is really yep. close to Peterborough. Yep. Much easier. Peterborough, good old Peterborough. Yep. Um, Tanya has been an agent for three years. Tanya um, also sits next to me occasionally on our director's dinner club once a month. Um, really great to have you here, Tanya. How things? Thank you. No, it's going really well, thank you. Yeah. Good. And like I say, it's good to have that chats in the in the month as well. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so last time at our director's dinner, we didn't talk about a state agency, or maybe we did for about 5% of our, our conversation. Yeah. Um, Let's see what happens here. Also, sorry, Jen, I've just realised, I did hear the girl say this earlier, you missed the memo about um, the uniform. I guess me and you have got one uniform and they've got the other uniform. So, right? Yeah, I just, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Black and blue. Black and blue, that's all right. Um, Jen, Jen Jamieson, Fine and Country, Marketing Director, uh, Cumbria in South Scotland? Or is Cumbria? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I know South Scotland, I just couldn't remember if Cumbria is right. Or North Cumbria or Cumbria. Um, three years in agency. Uh, going to bring, I think, a slightly different perspective because you're a marketing specialist um, as opposed to a thoroughbred estate agency, estate agent, thoroughbred. That's probably, no, let's, let's uh, might edit that out. Cool. Anyway, yeah, Jen, sorry. <laughs> Lovely to have you on, tempted you on, got you on eventually. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here, especially with two other females. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. Three young ladies joining me on a podcast it's like being at home or being on holiday and getting tortured by my three daughters <laughs> i really hope i get better control of this than, uh, than life at home let's see so um as always we are going to start with the agents together issue of the week uh presented by sam offley who runs agents together um in case you're unsure agents together is a mentor mentee charity uh, really great initiative if you would like to be a mentor or be a mentee and this is not an aging or experience thing uh, I know people that have got 30 years experience that are mentees because they want to learn or develop into a slightly new area. So they they approach agents together for a mentor. Uh, I said, it's a charity. It's a free service. It's a brilliant service. If you're interested, reach out to Sam. His details will be underneath um, somewhere down there where we put all the copy. So girls, I'm going to play his issue. Uh, well, not his issue, but his mentee's issue. And please tell me uh, what your thoughts are on how we advice we can offer. Hello, Pastor Sirik guests. Now, my question to you this week is what can agents do to make sure that they keep improving their skills? It's quite a vague question, I guess. Um, Tanya, throw it to you first. What do you reckon? 
I think for me, I came into the estate agency from a training point of view. So I'm not a traditional estate agent. So for me, that training and, and support is key. So I think in life, and I've noticed it more in the industry, and actually life changes so much and people change so much. So it's important to keep up to date with all the changes and what's going on. The agents that stand still are struggling, and no doubt about it. Um, and that's why I came in because agents have been in post like 20 years and things not done anything so there's lots of, of skills and I think that's what keeps me interested instead of getting complacent and bored so I li- like podcasts I think are great and from great everyone shout. else uh, I, I it's actually making me get out and about a lot more because I thoroughly enjoy them do you know what I mean like I actually bike now around the town um, just to listen to a podcast so I think and I think it's 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 recognizing the importance of improving and not getting complacent. Um, that's so. I think this is such a good topic. Okay, good. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I do the exact same. I cycle to and from the office every day, about ten miles, and so I get through quite a lot of podcasts. What's what would be your recommendation for a podcast for agents to listen to? Um, so I listen to quite. I, I listen to quite a variety. Obviously, um, Christopher Watkin. We've got those. So he literally, I would have been lost without him to set up and kind of got a a list on my Trello board of things to still put in place and different things. Um, I've got, is it the AJ Mastermind? I listen to them as well, the Ashdown Jones. Um, And then I also listen to a lot of the American ones. There's, um, I don't know the names of it. I think it's the Harris um, ones. Every day they do a coaching session. So yes, it's American focused, but that there's so much so I literally go through my list um and um link in as well so yeah I love the American like I love their coaching style because it's just so positive and I just think we need more positivity in our lives particularly in the UK where the friends <laughs> of British people but they can be so negative so <laughs> bring more of the American coaching definitely yeah I I, I think that the, so as opposed to positivity, what I, I see from that, I mean, they are positive, but their energy is just different. They just, uh, so I, I like, so my my favourite is is Tom Ferry uh, from an yeah, estate yeah. agency perspective. For me, he is the, he's the best coach and his business is the best coaching business for a estate agency perspective in the world. Good, there's good guys in Australia, but from a North American perspective, his stuff is just at an elite level, but the energy and the enthusiasm and the delivery, whereas... Yeah. Um, you know, in the UK, you're right. We're a little bit sober, a little mm. bit sort of pessimistic in our delivery. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It's great advice. So Kesha, let's, what, what, other than podcasts, what advice would you offer? Do you know, um, always asking for feedback. Yeah. I think that's just so key because you know, you'll never grow and you'll never learn and you'll never adapt to the new generations or a new person or you know, a different client, unless you ask for feedback. And I feel like people don't do it enough because, you know, when I, you know, I've recently started to call through a lot of like our customers, you know, from, from, our, or from all of my managers to say, oh, I'm calling from a customer, a customer service perspective, you know, what, how was your experience with us? How was your appointment? How was your, you know, and, and a lot of these things these days t- tend to be done, you know, through HR or not through HR, but just through like automated emails that go out saying, can you give us feedback? You know how this, the customer surveys always come through whenever you contact a, a company, but actually just getting a phone call saying, you know, how are you today? Just wants to check in how your service was. And actually what you get back from that is 
it's just incredible and actually is allows every single person to adapt and to learn because actually you can't argue with a customer that's the reality so and it doesn't necessarily have to be a you know a vendor or a buyer it could be anyone we've done anyone we've actually been in contact with with regards to whether it was a sponsor whether it was you know a customer whether it was someone who just walked into the office anybody so um, whether you've been in a state agency for 25 years or 50 years or five months the feedback that you get from your approach to that person is is key to is key to growing and learning i believe i definitely agree yeah as do i the i mean there's a few things i've got there the the automation so in our previous business we used to automate an mps review so net promoter score if anyone's watching net promoter score is where you might have received um uh, uh, uh the simple question is how would you rate us from one to ten on the experience you've had and nine and ten is positive seven and eight is neutral and one to six is actually a negative and we automated that in our business and you're right the automation it doesn't work because you're just that one standalone score it the score is based on how i feel today not the experience mm -hmm. i received yesterday and so you know i've just had a car crash one uh, I've just got some bad news. It's a one, or I've just won the lottery. It's a ten. You know, it, but actually speaking to people, having that conversation, it, it's absolute gold. It, yeah. it, and I think uh, tying the feedback um, on the opposite side of it is, and I hear this so often. Like the amount of times people say to me, "Oh my god, you've done an amazing viewing," and no disrespect, I don't know how I can do an amazing viewing. You're talking to people, you're showing people around a house. It's not difficult and that's what I really struggle with with the industry but so many people just open the door no like young agents just there and I think it's listening so you've got the feedback side of it and it's the listening to the person so I know when I'm going out to value a person thinks the house is amazing and yes it is but by listening to what people want now and that's improving and, and understanding what we want people want the kitchen diner they don't want a lounge diner and it's listening to so it flicks on the feedback and 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 actually all the time you're adapting and improving from listening to the, the client as well yeah. i was just going to say listening i think that is so key um i think you have to break down all your barriers and believe and beliefs in what you believe in or in terms of what you've you've learned the knowledge you have before i have to do that in every job i do because being in marketing you have to relearn all of the time about the industry and maybe it's slightly easier for me to do that because i know that whatever i'm going into i'm going to have to relearn but it's it's sitting and listening it changes very much doesn't it yeah, massively imagine uh, so um Kesha, uh, Tanya, imagine working in marketing for the last five years when, so the arrival of digital marketing, which literally changes every 24 hours. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely insane. So your your point, Tanya, at the start was stay up to date. Marketing is is just, I guess, Jen, from your office, it's a non-stop uh, uh, requirement to stay up to date. And the I, new, I the think you've got to enjoy it, haven't you? Do you yeah. like, those who see it as a job, I think, struggle, like... I can't tell you how many hours you're keep, and I don't think any of us can be an expert in anything. We are the experts in, in bits, but we're continually learning and it changes so much. But I think the amount of hours I listen to the podcast, I've got a YouTube video. I sleep amazing because there's a podcast going on at night time, but I can't tell you what it says. Um, <laughs> it's it's all of that. It takes you so much time, but if you're in it as a job, you're not spending it. And I think that's key, really. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I try to avoid cliches on the podcast, but, you know, someone said, you know, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I, it's true, isn't it? You, I, oh. On that board, I think you can see it. No, you can't. Believe, care, oh, try. Can I think if you don't, if the word for me is care. If you really care about what you're doing, it's really hard to not be successful if you genuinely care. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are, speed, uh, there are speed bumps and there are issues and things that need to be tackled. But if you care... So take away what you guys have said, listening, Jen, active listening, as opposed to listening to respond and constantly evolving what's going on, staying up to date with everything that's happening around you, using podcasts, which also is worth mentioning, are a free resource. So, um, gone are the days when it costs you a fortune to learn something. Everything can be learned for free now. Everything. Well, when um, I set up the business, I hadn't even sold a house. So... <laughs> When I tell you there is so much free resource, like talk about fake it until you make it, I genuinely hadn't didn't know anything. So there is that much resource out there. Yeah, yeah, and there, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, uh, from an experience perspective, we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about experience and the, the the requirement for experience. But actually, as you just said, your consumer, your client, is impressed with the way you conduct a viewing. I argue that the best estate agents have got good life experience and they're able to talk to people um, and converse. You mentioned earlier, younger agents. We, we may get onto that. Um, but I've been been out with as a buyer and um, oh, a few sweeping statements today. But what oh, yeah. I find is on the weekends, you're quite often passed off to the weekend viewer. Yep. Who's not the expert in the property, but also is playing on their phone instead of showing us around the property because they're not really that invested they don't care because it's their part-time job so yeah it, it, it sorry we're going off this happens occasionally down a down a down a very different track so i'll pull it i'll retract i'll pull back right back <laughs> ask <laughs> sam's question that's a different podcast for another day i was just sorry i think any agent coming in regardless of how old or young or how long they've been doing this consistently having an attitude of you don't know what you don't know is the key to learning and growing because everyone who goes, oh, I know everything about a state agency, I literally will look at them going, I don't care if you've been in this for 50 years, nobody knows everything about a state agency because it evolves and changes so much. So how do you know, how do you know you know everything? Because you don't know what you don't know. I think it's life experiences the most. Like I'm not a boiler expert, but you know the stages. And I think like you're coming back to those life experience, being able to talk to people. And I've got a story for, for whatever, any anything somebody comes to me, I've generally done it, be it an allotment or I've ended up with the pony or there's always something you can relate to. Do you know what I mean? It's quite funny. The, um, I also think there's a culture thing though. So Keshi, you sort of just touched on it. When an estate agent with six months, six years, 60 years says, I know everything there is to know in a state agency. If, if I go back 20 years to when I first started, there was quite a lot of that knocking about, you know, everyone's an expert, everyone knows their stuff. And I think one of the lines I've used in the past is um, a lot of the content I produce is designed to help agents that don't know everything and want to learn and, and are, are engaged with improvement. Um, and I know there's cynical agents out there that are saying, this is obvious, everyone should know that. My statement to them is you didn't know it on day one. You know, you didn't know that back then and somebody else doesn't know it right now. I think culturally, I think we're in a really good transitional phase right now. There's so much more learning. There's so much, so many more agents putting content out there. And I'm, 
I'm I'm fifty fifty on whether I think social media is benefiting us or not. But from an industry perspective, I think it's doing really really good things. Yeah, I was. You've just touched on something that I was going to say there because when I started three years ago, I joined Fine and Country the week we went into lockdown. Wow. And I, I was like, oh no, I've made a massive mistake. This is probably not going to pan out. I may not be in the industry for very long. But it, we're so lucky at Finding Country because there's so many people that are putting out information. And um, I had all of this time on my hands. Um, and so I logged in every day and I listened to the, the, the chats, the webinars. I learned about the industry through Finding Country or online, wherever there was information. And I feel really quite lucky that I had that time to be able to immerse myself before it really kicked off because although I'm in marketing, I was required to help with the crazy period that then came from the stamp duty. And I felt really um, well-versed in how to sell, not just finding country, but what we were doing as agents. Um, so yeah, I think there is loads of information out there. You've just got to be um, ready to, to soak it up. And, and have that ability to know that you don't know everything. And as long as you're quite happy to sit there and listen, and maybe, as I say, being in, in marketing, I'm, I, I understand that I don't know everything and I'm quite ready to learn, made it that little bit easier. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's information everywhere. You could spend hours. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly did hole. in lockdown. Yeah, it can be a rabbit hole. I, I sometimes get that overload. You know, I hate the word anxiety, but... Like I've got a list of like 35 things I want to watch, listen to, read. And you're just never going to get through them. At some point you've got to say, you know what? I'm just going to have to, you know, currently my, I'm, I'm, I'm deep into AI and how it can completely change the way we work and streamline processes and improve everything we do. But that is a rabbit hole that I just, it's insane how much. And as soon as you start using your phone to find it, you're just getting bombarded from all different mm -hmm. directions. Anyway, girls. It looks like it's going to be a six-hour podcast because that segment, <laughs> that segment is normally five minutes, and we've done twenty-one minutes. So it's good work, um, and it's worthwhile. Sam, <laughs> over to you. You're welcome, mentees. I think we've just changed your life with the three ladies and their feedback. Um, let's get on to the meaty subject. So this is a request because we've done some um, podcast episodes where we covered sort of something in a similar area. So the the request is to ask three fantastic estate agents what they think about the changing um, working relationship, maybe with a business and new entrant estate agencies. Specifically, they want to talk about Generation Z. Oh, I nearly said Generation Z. Why does that happen? Jay-Z, what has he done to me? Um, we don't have a Z in this country. We have a Z. Generation Z, um, sort of what we're talking about is sort of early to mid-20s. Um, the new... I guess, a wave of estate agency theory coming in. And the question was really, what are we seeing in terms of their work ethic, their approach, and what they want out of the role? Are they looking for careers? Are they looking for remuneration? Are they looking for job titles? Are they looking for um, different working styles, techniques? So um, you've all got very different backgrounds from an estate agency perspective, uh, which I think makes this actually perfect. So, um, Jen, I'll start with you. 
what would your feedback be to answer that really vague, open-ended question? How are you finding your interactions with the slightly, um, I guess, the, the new way, I could say slightly younger. It's not, you know, three ladies, you know, not younger girls. Um, but the next generation of estate agents, what are they looking for and how are, how are we finding their their work ethic, I think, was the, the, the crux of what this person wanted to get to. Well, I am lucky enough to actually have a 21-year-old and a 22-year-old working in my office with me. And so I feel like I'm really well placed to answer this question. Um, they are fantastic. Uh, and I would have had, you know, a, a slightly different view on this possibly before I started working with these girls. Um, because, you know, there is a bit of a thing about the new younger generation, maybe not having the best work ethic. And, but the girls that I work with are absolutely fantastic and I think I read that article and it was really interesting I think they do have a very different way um, about thinking about work and the culture that is within the office and I think it brings a really refreshing um, sort of atmosphere to what we're trying to achieve here particularly at Finding Country um, they're really great with the techie side of things but they're also not scared to see when something is not right and not good enough and i think that's fantastic because i i don't think necessarily that over the years i have been strong enough with maybe employers or i think i've thought that well if those are the rules and that's the way it's done that's the way it is and you just have to get on and deal with it and maybe not always be as happy in the work environment as a result Whereas I'm noticing that the, the girls I'm working with, they're not bullshy about it and they're not being difficult, but they quietly work away to think about how they can resolve that. And um, I watch them and I think that's fantastic. It, it's great. And maybe it is that we talk more openly about mental health and um, how that impacts people. If that's the case, then I think it's, you know, it's having a really positive impact um, because I can see it in their work. If there's a problem, they deal with it, they move on, they're happier. Um, they're certainly very easy to get on with as well. And I think from our business point of view, you know, from for the future and the way that we're, we're progressing, they are the key, you know, and I pass all of the social media and, the girls just sit there and they, they soak it up. So I think it's fantastic. From my point of view, it's really positive. And I think, like you say, we've changed as well like and made it more open and, and different things. I think yeah. we've got different things in life now. Um, and I've got different... I think there's different elements of it. I think there's, there's certain... Um, gen z type things where they probably you see about the silent quitting and things like that so you either get yeah. workers who are wanting it um i had slightly different this week um or a few months ago where um i employed a um like a level do you mean 18 19 20 i think he's about 20 now um and his he was so hit upon his job title um and for me i don't I've done that. I've done the being employed. I've done the progressing to the job titles. I've done everything. And he and he's actually gone to a different company because he's got this job title. And I'm like, you can honestly be called whatever you want to be with me because a title <laughs> doesn't impress me. It's about how you work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, I probably need to focus on it a little bit more. But 
it's about work-life balance now it's that flexibility and recognizing and what works with people and I think we all have a way of what our optimum time of working is and what I do is try and focus to them and I think that's the way and actually people then work a bit better for it um, because life isn't necessarily nine till five anymore as much as people are still saying that and conscious then that they that you don't get that work-life balance I do think we do like I come alive at night time and it's allowing all the workers to work when's best for them as long as it fits for the business is my opinion yeah I mean that that is interesting because that so that work from home work-life balance conversation is is the podcast that led to the request for this conversation to happen because yeah. there was a lot of back and forth and business structure plays such a part in how in in what flexibility you can even offer people that work with you so you know for instance we've got Kesha who's comes from the corporate role which I imagine having worked in a slightly bigger business years ago things were a bit more rigid because there's you know there's there's a branch footprint to take care of and there's consumer SLAs that need to be accounted for and there are working practices so um Kesha, what, what's your take on on the younger generation? <laughs> I have a very mixed opinion on Gen Zs, I have to say. Um, I, I It's funny because what you say, Jen, you know, about them, the, the fact what they're really good at, the Instagrams, the online, the, you know, the kind of influencing, the that sort of thing. I love about them because they bring, especially having seen at John D. Wood, we're 150 years old and that's really important to bring the new age because you need to get with the times, right? That's super important for me. But on the flip side, the instant gratification absolutely kills me because we've all worked our whole lives really, really, really hard. And when you've worked really hard in your life, you understand what gratification is when you've worked for it. But the mm -hmm. fact they go, oh, I worked really hard for two months. I want a promotion. It's like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? It's and particularly in sales it's you know we're in sales like you can earn as much money as you want you can climb the ladder as much as quickly as you want if you work really hard you will get there that's the beauty of sales um and when you just get this generation where they just they I'm want like, it now an entitlement like, as well so yeah. entitlement, yes like an entitlement as well like yeah. that's exactly what it is the entitlement I really struggle with like my children and the stepsons and do you know what I mean that because like they they see bits they probably see me going for lunch but they they haven't got the work ethic like we had as also to a point I don't think yeah and and it's amazing because you know I don't want to generalize because I've had a couple of a handful of people who've come to our business who clearly come from very wealthy families and there's always a question mark above their head because they're like do they really need to be here do they really need to earn money um and you know you, you you know you just sort of want to see that hunger in them and i tell you what a few of them come in with that attitude of i want to be as successful as my parents i want to earn that in my own right and that's amazing because you know i think there was a time you know, with, with the with the exes, you know, the previous generation where I feel like they kind of just go, well, I, you know, I come from money. I don't really need to work. I'm just here because I can be here. So I do feel like there's a lot more of the Gen Zs that want to be as successful as their parents. I just think the problem is they don't realize how long it takes to get there, you know. And that's the problem because when you've got Instagram and when you've got Amazon, where you can order something and it's like what do you mean it's only going to come to on tuesday or in two days time what 
do you mean I can't get it today? That's the that's the problem that's that you know living in today's day and age has because you know if you look at if I look at my boss, I mean you know Polly. The reason why I work with Polly is because she's one of the first female MDs, you know, in a big corporate um, estate agency, and you know she kind of sees it as today, but. And she's young, but she's worked 20 years in the industry to get where she needs to get. Whereas some people go, oh, you know, she's very young to be an MD. I want to get there. It's like, well, work 20 years in the industry. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. But um, so, yeah, I feel like there's a, a, a really good balance between what's good and what's not. Very nice. I think on, on also a bit of luck involved as well, isn't there? I mean, we've obviously been incredibly lucky to get two girls that are working really well for us, but I completely realise that it's not everyone's experience. And I think there is a huge bit about that idea of the younger generation feeling very entitled. And um, so, yeah, there's probably an element of luck, like there is with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was at a talk years and years ago with uh, well, there's a load of speakers, but Dale Norton was on stage. Dale Norton is the person that built Romans and oh. sold it to leaders for 55 million. Arguably the best estate agent the UK has ever produced, which is a massive statement. But I, I was just in awe. I've done sessions with him. He is so direct, so straight talking. Everything is about work ethic, spot the opportunity, go take it. If you want it, you go take it. But the point he made, because somebody asked this question, and this must have been eight or so years ago, was about finding the right characters in the future. And he said, um, do you think that everyone my age, now I guess he's probably, I don't know, let's say he's 50, roughly. He said, he said so he fired it straight back because he's so, he just doesn't, just doesn't give a monkey's. He said, do you think everyone my age that I recruited into my business 30 years ago came with this amazing work ethic? Do you think the previous generation, everyone was a hard worker? He said, my generation had plenty of fly-by-night opportunities, plenty of people that wanted to sit around and they weren't playing on their phone. They were doing something else. They were doing the crossword in the paper. There's always been, in every generation, there's always going to be hard workers. There's always going to be a, a bit of entitlement. And actually, I see it as much in Gen Z as probably the, the next generation along, which is maybe where we sit. I see entitlement creeping into a lot of conversation, a lot of assumptions, a lot of, um, you know, my life it's so tough. I'm, it's not fair that, you know, my kids, their favorite line is it's not fair. And my favorite response is that is life. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, life is not designed to be fair. Um, the instant gratification thing. I'm the first to admit it's got hold of me. The TikTokification of life. I want to be entertained in 12 seconds. I, you know, the, everything has to be 100 miles an hour. Where I might have watched a training video that was an hour previously, now I have to watch it on two times speed to get it knocked out in 30 minutes. Um, so I think there's so much. Um, we're being programmed, right? And we've got, let's say, we've got 20 years of experience before the programming start. The current generation, they haven't got that 20 years experience of life in a more normal set of circumstances right now social digital is bombarding them and telling them this is how life is now 100 miles an hour everywhere you look on social media everyone's a multi-millionaire everyone's living their best life everyone's got a ferrari you should go get one tomorrow you can start drop shipping and make 25 grand a day as of next week there's so much nonsense out there that it's like we're brainwashing the current generation yeah i mean one of the jobs is for like children what do you want to be well i want to be a youtuber i want to be an instagram <laughs> so i want to be this i, I mean, want to be an influencer yeah, yeah. like do you know what I mean? like my nieces think it's amazing i probably post and they're so boring the property news updates on youtube like honest to god it, it's 
not as, as, as amazing as they think, but it's that whole, isn't it? Like, and when I had that employee before, for me, I focus a lot on getting your systems, your processes right, instead of doing something um, repeatedly. Do you know what I mean? And there was a day I wanted him to write a formula and it would have saved time going on. But he really struggled with me saying, you've got as long as you need on this to get this right. Whereas he needed it done straight away. And it was, I knew it was going to be complex. I knew it was going to take a day or so. And it was that reassuring, like even for him, he was hard on himself going, it needs to be done now. Well, no, it's going to take time. A bit like your AI learning and things. It takes time, but you move forward. Um, and it's almost getting that in them as well, that things do take time and slow down a little bit. To be fair though, Tanya, it sounds like you've got a state agent doing quantum physics. You've got him doing <laughs> formulas. I mean, give the kid a break. What, what, what formulas have you got him doing? Not saying. I've got him doing really complex formulas. Oh, I love it. I mean, yeah, I'm going to come and spend a couple of weeks with you because you're. this is exactly my sort of stuff. Yeah, if I ask yeah. my guys to start doing formulas, I think the entitlement would it, it will kick in instantly. They'd rather be out knocking on doors than uh than doing formulas, I think. Yeah, but- yeah. And I, I I definitely believe in saving that time and do you know what I mean like the information pulling through and, and, and different bits. So um instead of repeating working out and different bits. So, but this formula, even for me, was a bit like yeah. Space time continuum. Um one of the and I'm, I I feel like I've come across really negative. I'm, I'm actually really positive about this. <laughs> <laughs> you would not get a job as a coach in America. I'm just saying, okay? You're never so, going to um, be a coach. You know what? Do you know what? And it's not about necessarily about the generation. It's about the it's about the world we live in now with social media. As we've mentioned, everything's instant. You know, you're learning things online. But what you can't learn is is personality, and what you can't learn is how to speak to somebody. Um, and, I, and I do fear the problem with the new generation coming in is, is everything's done on Instagram, everything's done on WhatsApp, everything's done by email, everything's done, you know, not face-to-face. Yeah. Not so when you actually are put in front of somebody, I do feel like they find it very difficult. And, you know, it takes them a long time to have the, to, to build the confidence to pick up the phone and just talk to somebody because, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of negative people uh, are just... It drives me insane when you're, yeah, estate agents that don't want to get on the phone. Like, what on earth? This, this is the one thing that's going to make... Oh, sorry, look. So the younger generation, that's what we used to do for a phone. Did you know the current gen- the younger generation do that for phone? Yeah, oh, my... What is going on? It's like this, you mean? It's like this. <laughs> but you are right. It comes down to speaking to people. And there's times we have to have really difficult conversations. Yes. Like, if I used to wouldn't training sessions and if you put what I said in a transcript my god I'd have been (laughs) straight away like but it comes down to personality and how you are like honest like some things you just say but you're in the moment and you can banter you get to know the people like some days I like sit there and think how have I just said that like but it is that whole knowing who you can do um I mean, I've done valuations and I've gone in their fridge and known what they've had for takeaways like the night before, like, but you don't do that for everyone and it's uh, adapting to to everyone and they don't get that. And I think there's a whole society thing, like I've got friends who struggle today and I'm like, well, you're dating because you're trying to pick them on a picture. It's about personality and, and, and experiences and things like that. I mean, I'm a little bit old school for that, but, um, and that's how it is for businesses. But you know, it is for business, but, when the, so when the current generation struggle to communicate, 
It's like going into a restaurant and blaming the waiter for bad service. The waiter has just not been trained, hasn't got the experience, doesn't, you know, whatever it might be, but the waiter's doing their job, how they think, unless they're being, you know, intentionally difficult. I, and this sounds ridiculous, but I blame the people that have, have raised them, have been around them, have taught them how to communicate. Mm-hmm. I've got examples, just like Jen's got, you've got two great girls, 21, 22. They, there's no doubt in my mind, I haven't met them, but if they are exactly as you describe, they probably had a really good upbringing, were communicated with effectively, were taught how to communicate by observing parents or friends or family, whatever it might be. I've had people come into our business um, not the, well, actually not this business, recruiting in previous businesses. And you can tell really, really quickly what sort of um, interactions they've had with adults as young adults growing up. Um, some don't know that you should say good morning to people. You just think, yeah. this is so strange. You, when you're walking past somebody you see every day, you say good morning. You get a grunt. You think that, that's odd, but you've learned that somewhere. There's absolutely, you, you think that's normal. So um, whilst I think we are going to see some changes in probably working culture. Jen, you talked about, about culture earlier. And I, I think there are lots of positives. It's, I, I think it's going to come down to, um, well, I don't think, I, sorry, I don't think it's from my perspective, I don't believe it's so black and white as Gen Z are going to be issue, an issue for us. Uh, I think there's going to be some diamonds in there. Um, I think there's going to be some useless operators in there. Jen's had enough. That's what I'm talking about. She's out. She doesn't. She just couldn't care less. Um, the waffling has begun. I also think going back to that work ethic thing, I think it's easy to fit or fall in this trap that we expect them to know what they're doing because they're so digital and amazing. But it's up to us to also make sure we're training the systems, the yep. processes, everything's written down. And I think that's some really good tools for that. Like I use as a loom. Do you know what I mean? So I do yep. training videos. So, even the basic is expected but what i say to people it's like a puzzle piece and that's the biggest thing they have to get their mind around there is no set journey for everyone it's about building those puzzle pieces up and bringing it together and adapting do you know what i mean the task to them so anyone who literally follows an instruction manual will struggle but as long as you build it up and pull it together you're okay and I, that's what I worry about the training and support like I trained social workers before and they'd come in and they're almost ready to quit because the the it's not their work I think they've got it they've been treated really badly um so this remote working and things like that has to have the mechanisms in place to support um and that's the biggest thing I think we need to focus on and I think Do you know what I love oh sorry go on Kesha I was gonna say I actually really love putting baby boomers and Gen Zs into one room uh, and coming up with ideas because, you know, again, if you look at like a lot of our advertising recently, you know, we will say, you know, there's like a picture of someone's loads of tattoos and it, and it says, um, you know, even in an, in, an ink, in an ink world, people still love, you know, pen and paper because those are two generations from the polar opposite coming together and actually, we can work really well together. So it's like, you know, people still love personality. People still love personable. People still like handwritten letters. But then also, you've got a different dynamic of people who own houses who love to look at the reels on Instagram, who love to, you know, be tagged into this, that, and the other because they know how to do it. And I, and actually, the 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 best part of a state agency now is actually bringing those two complete opposites together and taking the best out of them. That's what I feel like, you know, I, I totally 100% believe in, you know, in working from home because 
I get so much done from my admin side and every single salesperson has got admin. If you gave them half a day or a day at home, they would get so much more done in that day than if they just were at the office between eight and six every single day. I don't believe in that, you know, attitude, but equally, it comes with respect, right? It comes with knowing that you're going to be able to do that at home because you've got the self-discipline to be able to do what needs to be done and not get, you know, caught up with Instagram or PlayStation or whatever the case is. And that comes from learning and obviously, you know, building trust with your employees to be able to bring that together, really. You know, whereas if I look at estate agents, you know, who've been in the business for 50 years, when I talk to them about you know, being a full-time mum and I'm also a full-time, I mean, I'm a mum and I'm a full-time estate agent. They're like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, because I make sure that I plan my day. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a, they, they come from a different world, but actually bring the best of both and they can get very excited. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely agree. Planning, planning, planning. It's, um, it is funny. We had another podcast episode where we were talking about how to structure your day, your week, Actually, it was an agents together issue. How do I get, how do I better prepare? And one of our guests said, um, just shoot from the hip. That works really well for me. And I was like, oh man, I'm not sure that's, you know, I'm not sure that's the best advice. You know, everything works differently for everyone. And I get the most done, you know, working in that way. And we don't want to have a, a, you know, a confrontational disagreement, but there's absolutely 100% no way you get more done just taking things as they come. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, completely agree. Uh, I, you know, my wife, we've got three kids. My wife works as well. I work and it's a constant juggle. You know, we, you, you've got um, several estate businesses. This podcast and agents movement is becoming like a full-time job. Um, but yeah, it, as long as you're structured, disciplined and focused. And of course you look at your diary and make sure you prep for your 11 a.m. instead of your 1 p.m. You're solid. You're absolutely <laughs> solid. Um, I mean, okay. I like it. It just shows we're all just human and you're just like us. So yeah. you, just, you, know, like... <laughs> you know what, Tanya? You've just wounded me there. <laughs> People telling me I'm human makes me want to blow my brains out. But okay. Um, <laughs> we know. So, um, okay. So Gen Z, we'll give them a chance. We'll see how they get on. As long as they bring that work ethic, drop the entitlement. Um, and I think the other thing to consider is it's not much of a headline to say Gen Z workers are brilliant and really good at what they do. That doesn't get featured anywhere. Whereas you can jump on and, you know, the, the clickbait culture we live in now, they're looking for a negative headline about anything. And so that's the stuff you end up seeing and reading and finds its way to your inbox or wherever it might be. Um, the truth is because of those headlines, there's a little bit of internal bias that we all probably have, but actually we've all got examples of really great people at that age. One thing I noticed though is Jen talks about two great girls in her business and Tanya talks about a guy who moved on because of job title. And I said it before we started that I've found in this industry that yeah. the men carry larger egos. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I wonder if there is something in that, you know? Um, you know oh, 100%. I, I, I really struggled because I didn't want to employ a male because of that, to break away from whoa, the whoa, whoa. No, we're not. <laughs> if I said that, if I said I didn't want to employ a woman, I'd be getting cancelled right now. But he was very good at what you do. I mean, we talked about the formula we talked about, but I have to be mindful, like the top job title thing and things like that. But I do think it's an ego thing. And and there are, I really struggled, and Ben and I spoke before, um, because around me and what I knew before opening my eyes was 
a male dominated ego industry that's the only reason why I, I retrained to do this and actually there's a lot of people out there that break the mold and I wasn't aware of so um for me I had to I was very insular and I didn't I kept myself to myself and now I'm part of a great group of people we're not actually like that but it's about not necessarily gender it's about just type I think yeah, um, yeah so I don't sure. think it's gender I think it's um I think we're breaking the mold a little bit and there are good people out there and it's about linking with those yeah attracting the right sort of people to this industry I mean it's been a problem for the last 20 years then the stereotype exists the consumer has this this sentiment piece around what we do and how we behave and so attracting the right people the right people I mean don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with ego there's nothing wrong with being proud of what you've done or or wanting to achieve great things it's the right way of doing it isn't but it? yeah exactly yeah managing it effectively so girls it's good good chat 12 well, oh, I got one more positive one more positive go on Keshi do it my parents obviously coming from the baby boomers age uh never ever spoke about their feelings ever or uh, their mental health or you know and, uh, never. and that that is that is what we're missing right now that's yeah. what we want to bring back right let's not talk about emotions this is this is yeah uh, yeah I'm old school in that respect and so my wife hates it, uh, but you're right I know where you're going yeah that people are more confident and comfortable to talk about those things yeah. And I think it's really good for mental health you know it is definitely a hundred percent you know important for us to be able to talk about it important for us to be able to you know I'm not, don't get me wrong sometimes people go completely overboard and it's like oh my god seriously like come on like we've got a job to do as well we need to earn money so if you continue let this letting this get into in the way of you earning money then it's going to affect the way you feel but you know having a moment going like let's talk about it let's do something let's find a way let's you know come up with a you know a, a resolution then let's get on whereas if you just don't talk about it you end up in an industry or an atmosphere or an office or a culture that is quite toxic um, so, you know, as much as we could start going too far the other way, I think it is important. I love the fact that, you know, we bring yoga into our offices and yeah. we, you know, go for, you know, walks in the park and, you know, to have a break. I mean, you know, not I, think, yeah. I think you're right about that. When I was employed full time, being a parent, being everything, I didn't have the time necessarily. It was the process with whereas now the business is mine. I work such long hours because I can focus on going for walks. I can do this. I can book it out. And there's no ex expectations. And it's about trying to have that time to recognize it's okay to have your down days, but it's okay. But it's okay to say, right, I've done it now. Let's move on. Um, and I think that that's key as well. It's, it's easy to kind of get in that circle of I'm not okay, but sometimes we've got to make changes ourselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, spot it and fix it although it's much it's so much easier said than done oh um, there's no yeah. doubt life can be difficult and i think for and i've i've say it a lot of the estate agent business center which everyone's a little bit shocked about for me we live in this this society we've already touched upon in the podcast that um everyone everything's immediate now and people's expectations aren't there if I, I don't have to answer the phone if i'm in the middle of something i'm going to finish my task get on with what i'm doing and I will call them back the minute I'm done. I'm not picking up the phone and then not doing everything. I mean, they can wait because we are not an emergency service and there is not merch that they can't wait for. And I run the whole business on that. Like 
I come first. If I'm not doing, if I don't look after myself and manage that, you're not going to scream and shout at me. And actually, I don't get many people scream and shout and things because they're putting <laughs> their bots very quickly. Yeah, it sounds like you get screaming and shout at a lot. Are you sure? I don't. Um, <laughs> a, it wouldn't happen for very long, trust me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is, I don't know where Jen's gone. She's she's left Internet us. Problems. Um, clearly, or the um, she needs to get her um, tech savvy twenty one and twenty two year old involved to fix this for her. <laughs> um, but yeah, at one point she made that Kesha. You really just touched on is that 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 um, the girls in her office are happy to bring things to the table. They're, you know, I broke down the word outspoken because the younger guys I work with are very outspoken and they sometimes aren't. It's almost not appropriate when they bring some of that conversation up. Um, you know, it's a time and a place and the conversation is fine, but not in the middle of a sales meeting with 12 people. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, you're right. They bring things to the table rather than bottle it up. And I'm old school and I think, you know, a nicely tight jar, bottle it all up, but actually it's better. Get it all out. <laughs> Jen, is, Jen is coming back. Here she is. One of the things that I noticed the older I got was the less respect there was in the new industry, in the new age groups. And I think it's exactly going back to what you said. It's fine if you want to say something. And, and you know, Jen mentioned with the two girls, you know, when they want to stand up for themselves. But the re respect, it's important to have a sense of respect because if you respect the people who are around you who've been in the industry for longer or perhaps might know better than you, having the respect to understand when and when, to, you know, when and how to say it is super mm. important rather than just yeah. going, I disagree. You know, and it's like, well, <laughs> what's the basis of your disagreement? <laughs> yeah. And it's fine if you want to challenge me. It's not a problem. It's important to challenge. But res having the respect of understanding everyone else's point of view seems to be lacking in I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other side of that, Kesha, is if they don't challenge you, you can't shoot them down and prove to everyone you're the boss for a reason, right? <laughs> you know, occasionally they got to come at you and occasionally you just got to let them know I'm in charge, just soldier, okay? Yeah. Um, Jen, your internet is killing me, hun. This is, oh, this is just, this is doing nothing for me. Um, so we've had a really good chat. If Jen was here, I'd say that um, Kesha and Tanya have, have just done their song. So it's your turn to do your song, but we'll let you do that when you get back. Um, so let's move on to um, my favorite part oh, of the podcast, no. the um, social hand grenade. Uh, so this is basically something I've seen on social media in the last week or two, and it's a bit spiky and it's got some comments and it's got some feedback, got some good engagement and it's, it's dividing opinion. So I've, I've got one I like, I'm going to share it with you girls. You tell me what you think. Is feedback actually important? Surely the only important feedback after reviewing is an offer. That is, of course, only if you've had honest conversations since the start of the, your relationship with the client. Otherwise, you're using feedback as a masquerade for a price adjustment conversation, or you didn't bother to tell them to tidy stage, etc. prior to listing. The way I explain feedback to, viewer, to, to sellers to a point is, we obviously ask for feedback. Sellers do get frustrated if they don't get the feedback. Thankfully, we get quite a lot. Um, but... Generally, the way I see it is if people wanted to offer, they would have offered. So the feedback to a point for that viewing almost makes no difference in my... But feedback is 100% important because what you're doing is... What we're doing is getting to know the person a little bit better as well. 
getting to know their needs because ultimately when you're taking on and you're seeing other properties and you're building those relationships up I can then link them to other properties and you've got a better service then for sellers around so um so before I've met the seller then we've probably got people previously that were linking towards the house so but ultimately at that point I do think um if somebody wanted to offer they would be there okay okay so it's important because it's an opportunity to build stronger relationships. Yep. Get to know the needs of your client potentially with their onwards. But actually, the term feedback, genuinely giving feedback on what the prospective buyer thought of the property, not so important. Not so important. It okay. I get it, but when I've got I've got a list of feedback, do you know what I mean? Like that I've, I update, we get so feedback's important for me if I don't do the viewing because I need to understand what's gone on at the viewing but actually in, in the sense of an offer everyone has a different opinion so I think the feedback is only important if everyone was consistently saying the same things and it's where you get that in my opinion and I do review and I think my feedback processes I spend a lot of time on and actually so I'm not saying it's irrelevant some points but somebody wanted the house they're going to offer okay jen are you back <laughs> jen can you hear us it looks like jen is actually sitting next to me doesn't it similar backgrounds yeah. jen come here no she's not <laughs> um okay kesha what do you think feedback important i would like to rename feedback the term feedback because it's not like when you go into, oh, your house is too small, your house is untidy, whatever the case is, it's not, it's a touch point. That's what it actually should be. And absolutely 100% touch points are the most important thing in our business. Because if I was a client and I instructed you, Ben, to sell my property, if you didn't keep me updated on what you were doing, I would just think you were not doing anything even though you were doing loads of things probably and took photos and stuff. So I feel like if you renamed a touch points, oh my God, yeah. you do it a lot more often. So the touch point after reviewing is thank you so much for being so kind in tidying up your property today. They didn't like it or they preferred something else down the road because it's cheaper. So yeah, it's price related. It absolutely should be price related because your kitchen is only too small for somebody if they've seen something at the same price with a bigger kitchen. So it's a touch point and it's price related, but it's important because if you get to four weeks or six weeks and the property hasn't sold, it definitely needs either an update because it hasn't, you know, they haven't done anything before and we could actually do something to it to get it sold today. But, you know, you need to, be, you, you need to update them on what you've done and touch and say, look, this is what we've done and this is what we've done and this is what we've done and this is what we've done. And now it's not got nothing to do with us, it's got to do with the market. And we need to realign the expectations on what your value is, property of your value adds because the market's changed or the market's not there. But, you know, I just feel like if you don't touch base with your clients all the time, they're just going to turn around and say, well, I mean, I just don't feel like you've done anything because <laughs> they're still in your office. <laughs> Do you know what the biggest complaint um, in the world of a state agency is? Consumer to a state agency? Not, no, you're good communication, poor communication, yeah. I would yeah. say. Not hearing from their agent. Yep. Like, oh, bless her. Someone to leave. Jen, you can't hear us, can you? No. Just no. To keep, um... I just want to say. Jen, hold on. You, 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 go on. What were you saying, uh, Tanya? I'm going to respond to um, Jen by you. 
So I, I, I think it's it's the way it's worded, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like in, in kind of the statement, feedback really is the biggest part of kind of what I do. But I like what you say, the touch point. It's, it's not leaving the person or the seller wondering I think is the biggest thing like we know for, like so for me if somebody's looked at a house in a completely different area I know we've lost them but it's not to do with the house it's because of what the buyers or the viewers looking at and, it, and it's about it all the whole a process from start to end isn't it yeah and um you know it goes back to respect as well doesn't it because you're walking through somebody's, I mean, look, and I'm using the example of someone who's actually in their property as, as opposed to a rental property. You know, I'm talking about clients who live in their properties, but you know, these people are opening their homes up to you and they're trying really hard. And if you ever sold a house before, it's bloody hard work, you know, every morning leaving, especially if you've got kids or a husband or a dirty family that, you know, you know, keeps it to keep your house tidy and viewing, you know, viewing uh, level, uh, you know, available. Is hard work. So just saying thank you for having us. Like, you know, I don't think the buyers are going to go for it. It's nothing to do with your property. It's not, you know, it's not a bad property. Everyone loves, you know, everyone loves their own property, right? But you just feel like, how many houses did you view before you went to I, I, I think it's about, for me, explaining to sellers as well, when they're really insistent on waiting on this. So, for example, a bit again, what we touched upon earlier about the scoring, people do, I'd get an automated text message about three or four hours after, I'll view in, star waiting. So it's just that prompt. That's how I see it. They've got an opportunity to open up the lines of communication. But I'm sure a lot of other agents who use the CRM would just leave that as, an, as it is. That's not enough. It's about just the prompt, the touch points, nudging, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and thinking, and then we always follow up. But those sellers who are relying on the feedback and waiting and waiting, and why aren't they answering you? It comes to that point where I have to have the conversation and say, if they were interested, they'd be on that phone. Some people do need that process time to think whether they want it. But I wouldn't want to miss out on a house. And that's, we are all different. But if I look yeah. at a house, I've probably been in, I've offered, I've rang it, made the decision. Yeah. There's nothing more than a cop up. There's nothing more than a cop up from one of our agents whose feedback is they liked it on the viewing, waiting for further feedback. And five days later, the vendor still tasted them. And you're like, why would you? But do also, that? I think there are a lot of agents. <laughs> I think there's a lot of agents that don't have a good feedback process. And like like you said, Ben, I think the biggest thing is the lack of the communication, even if it's just a thank you for having me around. We can't get hold of them, do you know what I mean? This, that and the other. Um, so it's it's different. It's understanding what the purposes are. And I think you've touched it completely on the head. Um, it's that touch point and it's for me it's opening that lines of inquiries and for me it makes it, me a better agent because of our feedback process but it's it's probably the feedback process has benefited before I've even met the seller because I'm already linking and connecting people to the house before we start the viewings. I, I think it's there's, there's a few other things as well so from a from a volume perspective as in volume and, 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 and amount of feedback um in our business we we've had this feedback quite regularly that people we are approaching to do business with hear from us more regularly than their current agent yeah. so the reason the complaints are so thick and fast around this is because you know as it happens as a social media post people have engaged with it but the truth is feedback is not something that's taken seriously in this industry touch points communication speaking to a client 
that you've brought to market and after three weeks they haven't sold after you told them the price is right and there's people queuing up to buy it you know the standard approach to listing a property is we have someone who will buy this really quickly that tactic will shoot you in the foot if the market is not moving in a positive trajectory or you get the price wrong and so there's a lot of fear i think around calling that consumer and having to have what is perceived as a difficult conversation because maybe i got the price wrong or the market's not doing what i said it was going to do or i said put it on the market in august and sell in isolation rather than competition and actually everyone was on holiday in august and we haven't sold for you mm -hmm. so there's a lot of um you know right. it's factor. a bit of a cop-out and it is a cop-out completely and i sat and, and for me it's about managing buyers and sellers expectations i hate or dislike the corporate agents that ring at people and go do you know what I've got a buyer for your property. Do you know what I mean? They're, what you mean is you've got a database full of people until you but, take them But let me caveat though. That's just, that's not a corporate tactic. That's an estate agent tactic. I suppose it's just a tactic, but look, yeah. that's what we're used to. So, But until I had one recently that I was sure from what we've got to know, she's done about 15 viewings with us. I thought this house would have been for her and actually it wasn't. And I don't think anyone can guarantee that a house is for them. So, what I try and say to people, and it sounds like a cop-out, there's no right or wrong for anything. All we can do is say, from what we've seen, this is what we, we think. And it looks like we don't know what we're doing, but actually I'm, I'd rather manage their expectations than, than say, we're going to do it like this and justify it. But that's not guaranteed to get you the results. All we can say is we've tried our best. Yeah, I mean, look, you put your best foot forward. If you do your best work, if you do everything exactly as you should, if you know everything represents best practice, then your chance of success, your chance of luck goes through the roof and you need a little bit of luck on your side. But back to the original post, and I'm conscious that it's now, we've got 10 minutes left, girls. And even where, where one one person short and used to still are managing exceptionally well uh -huh. uh, with volume of content. Um, so yeah, I like the touch point thing. Um, I, I in, my, in my view, I think um, feedback has worked really really well in our business we're quite extreme on the touch point we're a low volume model and a touch point led business if you like um and you know i've got an example and this is a really one-off example that actually occurred over the summer that someone said they're going to make a, an offer on a property when they come back from their holiday we said yeah of course they are you know we, we what you want you want to you want to make this property you viewed it three times over the last two to three weeks and now you're disappearing for another two to three weeks you're going to make an offer on the property six weeks after doing it. And sure enough, they did. And so that, you know, there are lots and lots of instances where the consumer needs to hear specific things that are going on, as long as they're legit, as long as they're, um, they, yeah, I don't want to get into a cliche here. They add value. They don't need to add value to the conversation. They just need to be what the consumer needs to hear. This is what's happening right now. This is the truth around your transaction or your lack of transaction. And this is how we need to get you to the transactional stage. Um, but we've got nine minutes left. And we've got another section to get through. So, girls, thank you for your social hand grenade comments and feedback. Let's get into... Um, so we'll do this quick fire. Favourite agent, worked with, you know, don't say me. Um, some of you seen from afar, whoever you fancy. Sorry, when I say fancy, I don't mean... <laughs> whoever you fancy saying. Um, Great piece of advice for agents right now. Maybe something that's working for you or what you'd be encouraging your team or your people to work on. And then just a 30-second snippet, what you see for the rest of the year, positive, negative, unsure sort of outlook. Um, Tanya, you want to kick us off? Um, so for me, I struggled with the agent thing because I try and keep away, but 
Um, I would say Angie Cooney from C Residential, who I met through the estate agent business dinner. So there's so many different people that I could have picked. And she's the one that has supported and says, do you know what? If you want to take something on my social media, please do. She does exceptional. And she's taught me then one of the things I think that will help agents at the minute. And amongst kind of the Stephen Brown and everything is just be consistent at the minute. Yes, it's slower, but actually keep that consistency up. So I've probably slapped the last week, but it's the social media posts, everything, and it's keeping that, and that's what will keep the results um, going, I think, for, for, for me, really. Um, how I see it going, I think, because I only focus on my town, um, I, as an estate agent, the practices are everywhere, but I only focus, I think the radius is about five miles of that I cover it's really so small um so for me um the way I see the market is I've seen a lot of agents significantly reduce the pricing which I'm really struggling with at the moment um because they've not got the skills and the training to keep up to date with the times do you know what I mean so that's all they've got in their pocket you know, like thing so I think it will look worse for us as the price reductions but me as a business as long as we can communicate and keep and, and explain the data on what's going on, um, I don't see it reducing as much as people are saying. I think people will always need to move, buy, sell and things, and the town will carry on um, and go quite well, really. Good, good. I mean, it, so Angie, obviously I know her well, spoke to her last week. Um, consistency is, a, it, it, yeah, it, it comes up quite a lot. What you find is success leaves clues and the agents that come on the podcast are good at what they do. And there's a lot of the same stuff gets repeated, which is important. People say, you know, repetition is how things stick. Um, I was just, while she was talking, I was trying to look up who it was. I'm pretty sure it was the, uh, it was um, the Welsh rugby union captain, uh, previous Welsh rugby union captain, whose name escapes me. And I'm a massive rugby fan. This is embarrassing. Uh, and he was asked a question about how do you become, how do you get to the top of the game? How do you be, you know, captain of an international rugby union team? And he said, I asked the audience, um, training regime. So these are all rugby enthusiasts. They all play the sport. I said, who's followed a regime religiously for a month, every single day, stand up, everyone stands up. Who's followed it for six months? Some people sit down. Who's managed to follow it for two, for a year? Some people sit down. Two years, people sit down. Who's done it for five years? No one in the room. And he said, that if you want to be the captain of your international rugby union team for five years, every single day, you follow the routine. There is not a single inch of room to manoeuvre because you have to be, not necessarily to be the best player to be the captain, but yeah, let's assume you are Hello. one of the best in an entire country. And it, it, the point he was making was around consistency. And most people don't have it in them to deliver that level of consistency. It's the top 1%. But as a top 1% skill, everyone, I, I can't agree with you more. Everyone should be leaning in, trying to work towards building that consistency. Um, it's, you know, the, the, the marginal gains, another cliche, but it, it works. It's genuine. It adds up. Thanks, Tanya. Uh, Kesha, big finish because Jen's not here. Okay. Your agent, so, your advice, as and you, your recipe. As you can hear, as you can hear, I'm obviously from the Southern Hemisphere, South Africa. Um, and it's only quite recently who I was introduced to um, a very fine estate agent, now trainer, called Trevor Gore. Um, and he's one of South Africa's best estate agents and trainers. Um, oh, sorry, Trevor Gore. Trevor Gore. Trevor Gore. G-A-W. And, you know, I love him because he's got a little bit of that American, you know, positive discipline, hard work. Um, 
but you know he's seen different markets around the world he you know has been in sales since he was 19 and what i love most about him is regardless of what happens in industries and things like that it it's exactly as you just mentioned it's about discipline and it's about practicing that discipline day in day out and having focus on what it is that you are doing that will lead you to be successful later on and i'm i'm a massive believer um uh, you know i literally follow all of his talks and and watch his training and, and try and soak up as, as much as i possibly can so definitely worth you taking a look at um and uh, advice for all other agents i would say honesty honesty is what will make you more respected in this industry regardless of how you feel or how it makes you feel about being honest um and that's not just about you know i'm don't i'm not talking about like hiding offers and stuff like that. I mean, just being honest with your clients, being honest with your negotiators, being honest with everybody around you because there's no point in, in saying you can do something and you can't do it because as you mentioned earlier, you, everyone will just be disappointed. You know, we need to lead people down the right path in order for them to understand that this is what they need to do in order to make money or this is what they need to do in order to sell a property, you know, or move today. So be honest. Um, and 2023, well, it really excites me the rest of this year. As many of you know, obviously, we had the trust budget, and for London particularly, that had a massive impact on the last quarter of our of our business last year. Um, and as much as things have changed and the markets have changed, um, I really love the fact that we've gone back into a, an area where people are moving because they need to move, not because they can get to their record price. And... If there's a motivation behind moving, as long as we get the strategy correct and work on that strategy between us and the clients on a day-to-day -day basis to help them move, I love the most about my job is helping people move. That's like, that's, you know, obviously I love money, but make helping people move. <laughs> well, you're starting to sound a little bit like Generation Z. I'm here, I'm here for but, the move. You no, know, when, I get, when we get that feedback and they say, you know, you, you help, you, you've changed my life. I've got more space because for my kids, I have moved closer to work so I don't travel two hours. Whatever the case is, allowing people to do that. So, um, you know, I'm really excited for the back end of this year because I just feel like there's more motivation um, for, for, for us to help people move. And when there's more transactions, we're all happier. Yep, 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 yep. Um, the need to the tire kickers have disappeared it's people out there doing business that or doing viewings that genuinely want to do business people coming to market that have got a need and a requirement and so they're, they're genuine they're not testing the market I mean there's still some of it but there was one word they just want to pick up which for me is the number one skill and it's focus most people have a complete inability to focus on a certain thing at a certain time uh, you know I struggle with it I have to lock myself in a way in a room to get that focus if there's things going on around me I get pulled into them um, and I, maybe Trevor Gore is you know, from a discipline focused perspective that for me, the best people I've ever worked with have this unbelievable talent for just focusing on what needs to be done right now and blocking out everything. Um, and I think it's a learned skill. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Jen, can you hear us? Yeah, sorry. I had a bit of a technical difficulty there. That's OK. Um, I fixed it myself. You didn't get the well girls. Done. You didn't get your twenty-one and twenty-two-year-old tech-savvy girls into no, support. I, no, I stayed calm. I thought about it. Do you know what I did in the end? I turned off the computer and I turned rebooted it. it. Of course, standard. If all else fails, I'm plugged back in. So. Um, Jen, I, I forgot to say this at the start when we were doing the prep for the podcast. At some point throughout the podcast, everyone has to do a quick song. 
the girls have done theirs when you're away. You're okay <laughs> to do yours now. No, that's definitely something I've learned in agency is never to believe. Me. <laughs> Me. Okay. Yeah, great. Nice. Love you too. Um, right, Jen, you've got 30 seconds to wrap us up. Your okay. agent, your um, your great piece of advice and your outlook for the rest of the year. Okay, so my agent is um, Sam Ashdown of Ashdown Jones. I think um, Ashdown Jones was mentioned earlier on with their podcast. Um, Sam is fantastic. I um, we're we're friendly. We obviously live close by. They get some great properties in the South Lakes. Um, they're real stunners. But Sam is somebody that. Um, what you were just touching on there. She's very focused. She's very focused on uh, her business, um, but she is very focused on her people as well. I think they run a really great business. Um, and uh, yeah, I just love following what they do. So my my advice for people, agents, um, is don't overpromise and then under deliver. Um, that is one thing that I've definitely, you know, watched. Uh, we pick up um, quite a bit of secondhand um, property from um, other agents where their biggest um, feedback seems to be lack of communication or over promising on things. And then it's the smallest stuff, like just not communicating. Um, people just want to understand what's going on with their house. Um, they don't necessarily need it to sell it in five minutes, but if people aren't talking to them, then they that's when anything so Jen, starts. Just so you know, for the time where you couldn't hear us and say anything, we spent 15 minutes talking about <laughs> feedback and, and that people <laughs> want communication. So you, this people are going to think this is set up and some people are going to be thinking, <laughs> what is going on? Haven't they just talked about this? Um, but yeah okay that's an amazing coincidence but you're absolutely right over promise under deliver be the first choice second agent the value in that is phenomenal phenomenal massively massively um, yeah. and your outlook for the rest of the year um well i'm a naturally positive person um so we, we've actually sold quite a few houses in september which is fantastic um, we're still getting lots of valuations. I think it's a case of listening to the client, listening to what they want, not losing sight of the fact that we are, it, it, it's uncharted ter territory, but I have been in this for three years, so I don't know any different. We just keep <laughs> rolling with the punches. Um, there's opportunity out there for whoever wants to take it. I think whether the interest rates hopefully they start to stabilize but people will always need to sell their houses and if you can be the agent that is um someone that's a go-to that's going to do as they say be trustworthy there'll always be work out there so just stick to you stick to what you believe very nice what a way to finish stick to what you believe there are opportunities every you're absolutely right there are opportunities everywhere um be the be the go-to agent the opportunities will find their way to you work your lead generation sources um, and, and really, really, really simple. Just work your ass off. That's, I mean, that's as simple as I can make it. The hardest worker normally, apply a bit of quality does well. Ladies, this has been amazing. You've all been brilliant. Jen, for about half of it, you were brilliant. For the other half, <laughs> it was just a pretty face. I hope some of that might be able to... Yeah. Well, work. we'll do something. We'll, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I think the question is, is would, would you have us back? We've been amazing, haven't we? 
I would, yeah. So we are going to change out the format a bit um, and, and have people coming back rather than lots of new people because um, <laughs> new people is, is hard work. Um, but bringing back guests who have been good and you three all make the shortlist, except Jen, you are going to have to get your IT guy out to, to work on yours to make sure. <laughs> well, we apparently don't I am the IT guy. So okay. Okay. Yeah. it happens. Well, we all know how to fix computers, turn them off and turn it on again. I can't believe you waited 20 minutes to do that. To be with you. It wouldn't let it wouldn't let me turn it off. That was the problem. It had a meltdown. I did not have a meltdown, however. I, well, they, I was I was on twenty minutes before just to stare at the screen to make sure, like, because I I've got this fear of. You know what I, mean? like, I think Kesha was meant to be on whilst I was away, and I got and my Wi-Fi went down twenty minutes before we meant to go on, and I had to cancel the whole podcast. And I believe me, I was turning my computer off and on a lot, and I just I was getting nowhere. Um, Right, girls, um, in true um, three women and a man style, we've even managed to spend three minutes wrapping up when I was just going to say bye and we've just, we've, we've gone again. So um, you've been brilliant. We're going to fire over to Watkins for his weekly whimsy uh, and all is left for us to say goodbye. Thank you, girls. You've been fantastic. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Well, boys and girls, it's uh, 5.46 leaving from Bramford and it's really stupid o'clock early. But remember, those who get up early catch the early worm. I think it's important to remember is, is that those magical few hours before everyone gets into work are quality time that you can use to really push ahead and get ahead of your competition. Mm -hmm.